hey, Story Show listeners. Uh, Jeremy here. Um, I'm joined today by Riley Worth, who is back from Saudi Arabia. And we're talking today at the Interchange uh, Coffee Shop in downtown Albert Lee. So how are you doing, Riley? Oh, so wonderful. So wonderful to be here in a coffee shop. That whole feeling of normalcy that I get just sitting in there. This is a really cool place, by the way. Um, thanks for inviting me down here today. Yeah, so um, so Angie and I have been kind of organizing things locally, but Riley's been super involved uh, online and helping us, which is just crazy to think that he's been <coughs> recruiting uh, writers and stuff from Saudi Arabia, and now uh, he's back here. You're not quite homeless, but you're close. <laughs> Can you talk about where your family's living this summer? Yeah, um, so we love Albert Lee, and I'm not just saying that as some type of hashtag. Um, we really do love it here. And, um, but we're also in the process of some home sales. And so we are in a, a rented RV at Freeborn County Fairgrounds for the summer. And so, yeah, stop on out. Maybe you didn't even know they had camping out there, but uh, that's where we're at. Uh, me and my uh, fam- our family of five are fitting in a 30-foot RV, and it's, it's camping for us. It's certainly not um, like some people camp, but we're enjoying it. The breakfast table is... Uh, broken down and becomes the twins bed and so you've got six-year-old twin boys yeah they'll be seven in a couple days okay. yep and so they share the they share the breakfast uh, bed and uh, Elsa has a couch um, just by them and then right in the back is uh, a bed just big enough for the two adults not a lot of room for anything else <laughs> So no walls, like it's one big room. For oh yeah, sleeping. it's actually giving us some of the best sleep we've had in a long time because our kids have a habit of getting up in the middle of the night and moving into a parent's bed. Well, heck, they're practically already there. They're not even scared. They, they just, <laughs> like, we're okay. all together. All right, <laughs> nice, nice. So uh, for those of you who don't know, <clears throat> Riley and his wife, Amanda, have been teaching at an international school for two years, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. We just finished our second year. And you signed up for another? Yes. One more year over in Saudi, and then we'll see where life takes us. Back to the story show. We've gotten submissions. Uh, all the submissions have been sent or are coming in yet, and so we're not soliciting those. Uh, anymore. Uh, in our next episode, we will likely be ready to announce uh, the names of the writers who've been chosen for the next show. And um, so that's exciting. And, and we'll be diving into the editing this week. And uh, Riley, can you talk about, just remind us of the details of the show, when it's taking place, tickets and that sort of thing? Sure. Um, <clears throat> we're dedicating the show to someone who made a big impact on me and, 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 and Albert Lee and that's Randy Kerr. And so on the 26th of July at 7 p.m., we're going to be hosting a show around the theme called Let Your Light Shine. And all the proceeds will be dedicated to sprucing up Albert Lee for Christmas um, 2018. So, yeah, this uh, we're looking at um, 
people who have um, maybe stepped outside their comfort zone or done something. Um, and we've found some people who have stepped up to the mic and are ready to speak about some of those experiences. And we're really excited about who we've got. And as Jeremy said, we'll be releasing some of those names and some tidbits about them and their, and their expected uh, story um, at a later date. Awesome. So, um, and the show itself is on July 26th, and uh, you can buy tickets soon, I think, on actonbroadway.com. .com, yep. Uh, so that's our Albert Lee Community Theater's uh, online uh, ticketing uh, service. And uh, as soon as the story uh, tellers have been chosen, they'll be selling tickets as well. And, of course, you can buy them the night of. I have a feeling that this might be our best attended, our most well-attended show, uh, mm-hmm. just because of all the connections Randy had. And and uh, his wife, Ellen, is still very active in the community, and I know she's she's going to draw a big crowd too absolutely i think uh people who know randy um know how important albert lee was to him and so um i'm really excited to do something in his honor he was he was a game changer for me and for so many Cool. So uh, as we've been doing uh, this season with the podcast, uh, we're featuring one story from our last show, which was January's Invisibility Show. And our next uh, storyteller is Tom Delano, uh, a former student of mine. Did you have Tom in class? I I sure did. He was wonderful. Yeah, awesome. And and he has since gone on to do great things. He graduated from uh, Minnesota State Mankato uh, with the bachelor's in English and he also has a master's in creative creative writing from there an MFA in creative writing and uh, he's a great guy he's teaching at Albert Lee High School right now and um, so you'll be hearing his story next Jeremy can I say one more thing yeah so um, uh, my wife and I um, one of the things we're most excited about with coming back every summer is looking for a sense of normalcy that our life tends to um, tend to lack in Saudi Arabia. And Albert Lee gives us a really good feeling. And one of those uh, things we, we most look forward to is the community uh, around things like Wind Down Wednesday and some of the great events. And, and we think that the Story Show is joining um, those events as part of what makes up the fabric of this wonderful community, and we're really excited to be a part of it. And so we hope that you come out and uh, enjoy the show as well. Yeah, uh, Riley, I couldn't agree more. This Wind Down Wednesday is awesome, and the, the Story Show, it's, you know, it's just a lot of positive stuff going on in Albert Lee every summer and in fact I think the night of our story show there's music beforehand down uh, on Thursdays the on the fountain yeah Thursdays on fountain so that's been fun this summer too so yeah so anyway uh, thanks for listening I uh, hope you enjoy Tom's story and it's great to have Riley back and you'll get to see him in the flesh on July 26th so less flesh <laughs> Let, yeah yeah he's the incredible shrinking man here so <laughs> tan and slim Riley (laughs) Worth so all right so thanks for listening
Um, Thomas Delano didn't believe in karma until he became a high school teacher and remembered how he acted as a teenager. <laughs> After playing in punk rock bands from 9th through 12th grade, he finds himself a decade later asking people to turn down their music more than he ever thought he would. <laughs> Despite what he tells you tonight, the greatest struggle he faces on a daily basis is not showing up to work with his hair a bright red mohawk. Inheritance by Thomas Delano. We've all been there before. 15 years old, cradling a toilet bowl, vomiting and dry heaving in the employee bathroom of a McDonald's for five minutes before returning to a Saturday afternoon shift. At least, that's how I thought it went. I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease when I was 10, but didn't face any serious complications until my early teens when the disease almost killed me. When I went to the Albert Lee Hospital to find out what was wrong with me, the doctor told my parents I was just depressed and making it up. When I lost 30 pounds in a month and my parents brought me to St. Mary's Hospital in Rochester, the doctors told them I didn't have much time left. The same problem happened again when I was 22. Although at that time I received a corrective surgery that has kept me relatively healthier these past six years. The scar on my abdomen is now almost the same color as the rest of my skin. My life has been shaped in many ways by a disease that nobody can really see. No one saw my stomach swelling shut until they noticed it had sapped the little fat and weight I had to lose. No one could point to the constant fatigue I felt that made it a chore to keep up with the most basic daily interactions. Here's the real fun part. No one can see that when you feel like you're dying, you kind of start feeling like you might actually want to die. No one can take a picture of the toll that takes on your spirit, your heart, your faith. There's no picture I can paint of what it feels like at 10 years old, 15, 22, to wonder if, for some reason, you're meant to die. Given that I was saved by medical procedures, it's sometimes hard to shake the feeling that my body was meant to die young. I'd like to say that Crohn's disease is the biggest obstacle I've faced in my life. I'd like to say that living beyond a rerouted digestive tract and permanently swollen duodenum is the hardest thing I've overcome with my own body, but that isn't true. I'd give anything for my depression to go into remission as often as my Crohn's. In my teens, regardless of the state of my digestive disease, I started feeling unusually down a lot of the time. I used to tell people I was tired when I'd show up to school and feel like I was unable to talk to anybody. One day I'd feel like I was invested and excited about my hobbies and the world, and the next I felt like I didn't mean anything to anybody and didn't want to do a single thing except lay in bed. These feelings would come in waves, here for days, sometimes weeks, and then I'd be back to my old usual self. Sometimes I'd be lucky and be in an odd mixed state of feeling full of energy and at the same time completely sad inside. That double feeling has come more and more as I've grown older and to an extent I've learned how to channel it in ways that allow me to be productive or at the very least functioning. Since my teens, those feelings and their length of stay have only grown more intense. Even as I write this piece, I'm trying to stave off a feeling of worthlessness and emptiness that has been with me for weeks. 
I'm exhausted in a way that I can't fully explain from trying to keep up, up a facade at work, with friends, and with my family. Over the past several years, I've learned some ways to cope with depression. What's helped is a constant reminder that doing what I love, teaching and staying active with my interests and hobbies, as well as spending time with my family and friends, is and always will be better than days spent in bed wishing I was dead. That reminder never makes the feelings in my head go away, but it certainly gets me moving. For many reasons, I didn't seek any help with my mental health until 2014 when I was 25. At that point, I was finally given a formal diagnosis and a name to the things I'd struggled with for so long without understanding. In doing so, I did a lot of research on the conditions and the many people who have experienced them. I couldn't believe how many successful and amazing people had done great things while struggling with a mental illness. The biggest thing I realized is that I couldn't keep living my life the way I had. Many mistakes and missteps of my life made sense after my diagnosis. The months I'd locked myself away, the impulsive and reckless decisions I'd made, all made sense in light of realizing I didn't have a full understanding or control over my mind. It was both empowering and terrifying to realize that the only way I'd ever get better is if I helped myself. That fall, I started my second year of teaching at MSU Mankato. I started writing about my experiences with depression through poetry and nonfiction, talking to people online about it, and for a short time, sharing a blog centered on mental illnesses. I started realizing how important it is to understand the people in my life and how important it is to look for the things they carry that I cannot see. I learned that while there are still many negative stigmas and perceptions concerning any form of mental illness, most people are kind and believe we as a society can and will take better steps towards treating them. One plus to growing up with a chronic illness is that it gave me a lot of time to read books. I grew up reading Harry Potter as the books came out. I used to wish my dad had given me an invisibility cloak, as Harry Potter's dad had, to roam the halls of ALHS when my stomach hurt or I wanted to be alone. I wish invisibility was a drinkable potion or the result of some magical artifact, but the reality is that the invisibility we experience in our world is often just things people don't like talking about. My dad has left me with something that is possibly, definitely, far greater than Harry Potter's invisibility cloak, though. When he was in his 40s and I was in the ninth grade, my dad had to retire from the federal prison system due to complications of the disease ankylosing spondylitis. For a good portion of his life now, he's fought to do the things he loves against a condition that is literally fusing his bones and joints together. He's fought to stay active in his church his biking communities such as the Patriot Guard and the Blue Knights, through Youth for Christ and the Salvation Army, and above all, with his family and friends. What he carries with him is something the world will never truly see, and it's made him into one of the greatest people I've ever been able to know. Instead of giving me an invisibility cloak, my dad has spent days in the hospital with me. He's been there for me when my physical and mental health have hit rock bottom. He's helped me learn how to persevere and chase my dreams no matter how bad things may seem. The struggles we face together of dealing with our bodies literally attacking us 
aren't something we can directly show to the world. However, he's shown me that there are many invisible things in this world we can see. For example, that without his love and support and guidance throughout my life, I wouldn't find myself here writing and reading this piece to you tonight. Some of the invisibility in this world is awful, <clears throat> that's for sure. But some things, like the love we give and receive, shine through even when we feel like we can't see them, like little sun rays illuminating the darkest moments of our lives. Story Show is produced by Riley Worth, Angie Zola Barker, and me, Jeremy Corey Greenis. Check out our new webpage at thestoryshow.org and please listen to our podcast. You can find us in Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Just search for The Story Show in quotes and you should find us. Thanks. Thanks.